cut you the chase, okay? What are you guys selling? If you're drowning and I throw you a life jacket, would you grab it? Yes, good. Pick up 200 shares, I won't let you down. Pay him. Pay that man his money. Ask him how they'd like to see 30, 40% returns. What are they gonna say? No? I don't want to see those returns. Where's the money, Lebowski? You're going to make a lot of money, right? Be aggressive. Learn how to push. Show them a 3% return, and I'll trust you to watch his kids for the weekend. I'm a big fan of money. Move around. Motion creates emotion. I did not know that. That's it. I'm done. Hello, and welcome Stacks and Jacks. I'm Tamara Eliani on the board. SB Futures down 13. NASA Futures are down uh, 53. Dow Futures down 141. Big culprit there is Walmart. They came out last night and said, inflation is hitting consumers, blah, blah, and uh, which has taken Walmart down uh, a full 10%. That's a real number. Down 1272 to 119.30. Those are kind of the news of the morning here. We also have uh, General Motors that came out last night, and they are down uh, 97 cents, not huge. Trading 33.55. Do we have Mr. Brendan? Yes, I'm here, Chief. How are you? Right. I'm doing all right for an old dude. How about you? I'm doing okay, too. Um, Beautiful are you morning. Are to get uh, one of the seats under the dome so you won't get wet or cold in Soldier Field next year or a couple of years from now when it's built? I, I, I can't think of a dumber idea, but uh, <laughs> I don't know. Uh, to buy various tickets or to put a dome on them or both? Or both. <laughs> Where the hell are they going to put the other 20,000 seats? <laughs> Hang them from the, in the, the skyboxes in the rafters. Have them, have them uh, with the floors, you know, the, the glass floors, like the, the glass-bottom boat, have glass-bottom seats that you can watch the game from up above. We're also going to put 20,000 seats in there. We're uh, just two things. I want to tell a little bit of a, of a, a land story in Chicago, and you probably know more about than me, but uh, we see Walmart take this big hit. Uh, I'm going to dig up here real quick how many... And how many shares Walmart has outstanding? So give me a second on that. But uh, I'm I'm curious, as as everybody seems to be going down the line here and being affected by the economy in some place, where where exactly does sports get affected? I mean, the idea that we're all going to be saved from gambling a third time, and and we're all going to be okay because everybody's going to be gambling on every pitch and everything like that. I just am. Uh, I, I can't. To me, that's that's kind of crazy. We're, since we're all going to get, we're all going to get uh, saved by off-track betting. We're going to get saved by the casinos. How many times can we get saved by this, Brenda? And the lottery. Oh, oh, the lottery. Yeah, was, that was going to pay for everything. Yep. That was going to be uh, all of our education problems are going to be taken care of yep. by the by the proceeds of the lottery. Um, and they have. Uh, um, well, then it was off-track betting. Then it was casino. So lottery, off-track betting, casino, and now sports gambling. Does anybody well, the obvious reason is that no, not enough people are gambling, and so not enough people are winning because they're not gambling enough. Uh, I'm going to lob one at you. I'm going to say the same people are gambling. The same people that used to go to the track, that used to go to off-track betting, are now going to the casinos, and so forth. I mean, the the, the lotto is, is where's, where's my lawyer when I need him, has become a totally lower-class function. Mm-hmm. Not not the no not the mega zillions where everybody's going to go buy a ticket for that maybe even me. Uh, I'm talking about the spin games. You know those things are they're ten twenty thirty dollars. 
I thought they were all five or, or one. I thought they were all two or three or maybe five, but I didn't think they were that expensive. Well, they, got a, they got a $30 one up on top of a pile. Well, it, it, also, it also shows the desperation of people in our culture. That that's, that's their plan for survival and for getting rich. When I lived at uh, 70 West Huron years ago, I, and my mom was still alive, so every Saturday morning I'd run downstairs and grab coffee and drive to the south side to take a breakfast. The good son, right? Uh, there was always this uh, African-American guy in there. We'd, we'd talk, and the guy was a street dude, whatever that means. But he would work at night, and in those days he'd, he'd you know, come up with 20 bucks and not get shot, which was okay. And he'd walk in and he'd get like a big thing of Coke, two things of Doritos, and 17 lottery tickets. I'm going to say that guy's effective tax rate was higher than anybody's. Absolutely. And I, you know, one day I was going to say, should I try to explain to him the, the odds of this lottery? Or he says, leave well enough alone. I just said, you know what? I guess he's happy. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what I should have done to this day. I, said, you know, I should have said, buddy, what are you doing? I mean, save it up for three weeks and go to the track. I mean, at least they pay 85%. Mm-hmm. Um, anywho, a quick story on this area south of the loop. I don't, this might be interesting for other people. I know you probably know the story. Uh, south here of Lake Harrison, there's a big open area all the way down, really to Roosevelt Road, and uh, nothing's ever been built there. Well, now there's a couple infract. You know, people are sneaking in a little bit. Um, do you know what it used to be the river? The river was there, and they moved the river over. You know, the river is like real straight coming out of downtown, going south. Yeah. Well, mm-hmm. it wasn't. It used to swing left all the way over darn near to the railroad tracks where the Rock Island and New York Central there was all kinds of railroad tracks Grand Trunk there were how many stations in that area not just the well, LaSalle Street that there is now there were what like four radio race, uh, stations mm-hmm. um, and the because uh, Grand Trunk station was on what a Polk in uh, it's on Polk Street right it's, it's where the, that building that has like the Mexican restaurant and a bunch of stuff in it the East train station anyway mm-hmm. so we decided uh Let's move the river over, and we can extend LaSalle Street and Wall Street and actually make it like a neighborhood down there. So it took several years. <clears throat> they dug this channel, straightened it all out, uh, basically blocked it off and shoved the river into the channel and filled in the other area, what used to be river. But in, in the, all the extensions in the street and stuff, Brendan, for one of the most interesting stories in Chicago history, they never went on with anything. They just left the property there. And at one point, some guy bought it, it was one of the biggest loans, real estate loans, like ever in the city. The problem is, it's never been upgraded. There's no water, there's no sewer, there's no fire hydrants, there's nothing. It's, it's never been... So this guy bought this property, and he was one of Daly's buddies, I think. And he ended up, we ended up going belly up, and he tried to get the <clears throat> the Bear Stadium built there. Remember, they were, filled, they were fighting between the west side, and actually trying to get the Sox Park, the new Sox yeah. Park, to be built there. He kind of failed on both, and then he, <laughs> I think he just went belly up on the loan, and some insurance company ate it. I have no idea who owns it now. Maybe the, maybe the insurance company. But there's a huge tract of land there that would take incredible amount of improvement, but it's astounding that it's that close to the city or downtown, and right, right by all these railroad tracks and everything, we could have easily... I mean, imagine if Sox Park was there, and they just had a, a couple of people movers from downtown, and you didn't even have to move your car if you drove downtown. Mm-hmm. It would be way better than where it is. Except, you know, if you're in Bridgeport, you like it. But I'm saying that that's a, a perfect spot for a stadium, and yet nobody's ever put anything there. It's, it's, it's bizarre. Since, since, they, since the day they straightened the river out, they go, ah, forget it, no streets, no nothing. That is amazing. 
and, and you would think that that is prime property, and, and you're right. Um, but, you know, there, there are political reasons why Sox Park is at Sox Park's location. <laughs> oh, sure. And the Bridgeport area. Sure, but, but I'm not saying the, the Bear Stadium could have been there, could be anything there. Yep. Um, mm-hmm. So it's, you know, anyway, but it did never kind of kind of an, an odd deal. And anyway, there's $2.7 billion, uh Walmart shares outstanding. So it's if it's down 10 bucks, that's the $27 billion out of the, out of the market cap today. That's a lot. And so my next question, when Brendan, I know that I don't know if you listened to some of the Hal the last few weeks, but he's been talking about this driving major asset prices, you know, certainly not downtown property, but like sports teams and things like that is is really being done because the interest rates are so low that people are willing to buy below the inflation, are willing to, can borrow below the inflation rate and they just buy stuff. And as long as that continues, people just keep driving the price up. It almost becomes a driver of asset prices even more than you think it is. And he's got an interesting theory. But but when when is this when is this sports crap gonna gonna drop? When when is when 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 do people stop being pigeons and buy uh, what's the what's the the, uh, Cubs new channel when we find out that twenty games have been sold to Apple, even though he just bought them? Mm -hmm. I mean, when is you know when when are we gonna stop? You know, we're going to blow another $2 billion on keeping the Bears here. Let them go. Who cares? It's I agree team. with you. I, I, I agree with you on, on those points. You know, for, for all the sports teams, let them go. When you're paying 100 bucks just for food and parking at a game, uh, you know, and you know, taking your wife and your kids to the game for two kids, it's like 400 bucks to for a night out of the ballpark. At what point is that not sustainable? You know, the guys who could, uh, the families who could buy their season tickets, buy a pack of 20 or 40 season tickets and go to the game on a regular basis is gone because of the cost of them. Well, you think it has something to do with the... you think it has something to do with the fact that they're deductible for corporations? Why should they be? Yeah. Absolutely. That's that's a very good point and one that's been raised before and uh, part of corporate guardians under the tax code. And those are the things that aren't really uh, justifiable as generating a lot of income for the corporations. I guess they could in some ways, depending on who you bring into the games. But as long as they were deductible, um, that certainly drives up the cost. And uh, it also squeezes out the you know, Joe Sixpack everyday fan. Well, you, you know, I'm kind of surprised. Well, I don't have a whole list of it. So is there been any, you would think... That if uh, corporate rates rates went from what thirty something to twenty something, you would think if that's the only tax dodge you get, that it would make a difference in corporate behavior in terms of nights out and in terms of uh, ball games and things like that. But but has it really? I mean, I bet it has a little bit. Well, you know, there's still some cachet if you're if you're a, a CEO or a, a senior vice president of a corporation to have the, the ability to bring your your uh, your corporate clients to a box at Yankee Stadium, uh, or even for that matter, Wrigley Field. It, it, it does make a lot of sense to me unless you're talking about 2015 or 2016. But you know, you, you bring them to a, a sweet box at a at a game. There's yeah, there's that uh, cachet of being part of the in crowd, being able to do that. Well, but, you and I um, know somebody who has, uh, <clears throat> shall we say, some. A lot of minority city business and has the number one skybox over at the Bears game. And if ever people like to go to these to these games, it's people that are on the city employee. Mm-hmm. Just saying. 
But I mean, I, I was in the, I stopped in the Tripoli Friday night, and they were they were not happy that they have both Sports Channel and the Marquee, and neither the Cubs or the Sox are on. And the people in there go, "Hey, where the hell's the game?" Mm-hmm. You know, because now it's on Apple, and then su- Sundays now on what on Fox streaming, and how many, I guess in baseball, how many times how many times can you sell the same product? It's like, gee, uh, I'll, uh, I'll I'll sell this beer to Brendan before he takes a swig. I don't know wait, I'll sell it to Eliani and grab it from Brendan. I mean, <laughs> you can only sell the same with a beer once. One would think. Well, I don't know. It depends on how many sips I can take before you sell it. Eliana, <laughs> before you sell it from mm, her gross. to you. Then Eliana's sitting there <laughs> you going, You only get half the beer, but you still be paying full price. Well, then Eliana would say, by the way, have you had your COVID shots, you know, your other shots before she took a swig? To <laughs> but, I mean, yeah, you, you got to, with this, this Walmart thing, and you know, here's a uh, headline here today, which is, uh, um, and the, and this is, well, as you know, this, this frosts me every time I see something like this, and I, Probably should get over it. Uh, Fed could surprise markets by sounding even more aggressive as economy teeters. Brent, if if you are out running, you're a runner, not a jogger, and you run a marathon, you make an oopsie step, and you walk in, and uh, all of a sudden you got a broken leg, and it's sticking out of your leg, the bone, and if the guys talk for two weeks about how what a great job they're going to do, at some point, aren't you going to say, all you've done is talk. Don't you think guys think maybe you ought to fix it? I mean, uh, That's right. I mean, how, many, how much? How much? How much more can these guys talk when the inflation rates run at about twelve to fifteen, and the, and the rates one point five? I mean, what is? What do they think the talking's even doing to people? Well, they think they're it's calming people down and trying to reverse the narrative. How's that working? <laughs> Not very well. Yeah, I, uh, but I can see where they don't want to throw things into a. I, I, I don't really believe that to this day that they have realized the depths of, of what they've done by spitting out all this money in the last two years. It really just is not. When they got the one lady on there who doesn't believe that money supply means anything, don't they get I mean, how, how, what they've done here with how so many people have so much money and the rest of the people are really struggling? It seems. I mean, Walmart obviously is getting the people that, that you know, if you if you... Put fifty dollars more in the tank; it's fifty dollars less you spend inside. I mean, why is that such a difficult concept to grasp? Well, I, I do think that the money supply has has a large part to do with this, but I do think that there was a reason, a legitimate reasons for the amount of money that was put into the economy. I, and I don't think that was the sole reason for the disparity of income in our country right now. I think there are a lot of other factors that widen the gap. Uh, including tax laws. I think the tax laws uh, significantly contribute to the disparity in income between various levels in our society. But they were able to... So I don't think it's, I don't think it's that simple of an answer. You, well, you're absolutely right. But you and I used to talk before the COVID started, and we saw all the signs then that that, mm-hmm. that, that was happening. And so all you need, it's, it's sort of like, you know, if you tear down all the trees in Oklahoma and all of a sudden you get a dust bowl, well, the weather, I guess, caused it, but you sort of you sort of made it worse, right? Because it was going yeah. that way anyway. Certainly, certainly contributing factors, but a lot of the money that was pumped into the system is now gone. Uh, I mean, when, when you think, just for one example, if you think about the amount of money, the $1,400 that was given to all the families, uh, the idea that that money is still being hoarded is... Ridiculous. Uh, the ban- your your bankers would tell you differently. They claim that uh, everybody's in great shape. Everybody, this consumer, well, 
I mean, how do they even say stuff like that and not get like a, a tomato flying up against their head? I, I don't know. But the idea that families who were struggling get $1,400 a year and a half or two years ago, and they still have that and are living off the interest earnings on that is a ridiculous concept. Oh, without a doubt. Without a doubt. Um, and, I, and I think the, uh, the several other things, the, the, the idea that, I mean, yesterday I must listen to five guys, one of them being Jenna Young, she's not a guy, but why, why does she, my, the hair goes up in the back of my neck every time I see the lady, Brennan. She could be, in my mind, one of the worst people that's ever been in government. She didn't do her job at the Fed. She went out and made $7 million from the people that she was supposed to be regulating. Now she's got another high-end job. How, how do you even do that? How do, you, how do you even be considered for that job after going out and making all this money from most people? I, you know, now, now she's, uh, yesterday the, the shtick was, uh, what the hell was she saying? Um, kind of lost my train of thought here, but uh, oh, something about there is no recession, and there won't be a recession. We're in a recession, Brendan. What, 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 what are we even, mm-hmm. how, what, what, why, what does she think her job is? I don't even you know, it certainly isn't the truth. And how do you, how do no. you, I mean, I don't, what do you, how do, if you don't recognize what's going on, how do you fix it? Well, I, and here's a point that I agree with you on. There's a difference between recognizing what is going on and admitting, acknowledging and validating what's going on. Now, you can, you can also argue about the causes of how we got to where we are right now, but that's acknowledging is, uh, is sinister behavior and questionable behavior. When you look at, at the numbers and, you know, the fact that the economy is down for two quarters in a row, to, to make statements like Dylan made is, um, implausible. Well, Brennan, I, when I, what I was taught, again, a long time ago, and all the people who taught me are long dead, what I was taught is whenever you put too much money in a system, greater than growth, there's going to be inflation someplace. Mm-hmm. And, I, and it wasn't that long ago that this was central economic policy. And so from 2007, really to 2018, the average money supply growth was about 8%. And the average growth was one, maybe two, would you say? Mm-hmm. You, you want to be enthusiastic and say three? So there was about a 5% to 6% premium per year that you should have looked, anybody should have looked and say, okay, where's it going? Okay, you, could, you could basically screw around with the velocity number a little bit, but usually velocity doesn't change that much. Um, but maybe well, maybe there was a little bit of cutback in velocity. What I'm saying here, you're, you're, uh, the goods produced times the price level is equal to the amount of money in the system and how many times it turns, which is the velocity. And there's no way that there's no way that that, that formula can be wrong, right? I mean, it's it's an identity. So mm-hmm. the uh, if you start adding that in, and we then we keep saying there's only this two percent inflation. By the way, we can't even get to two percent. It's one percent. It's a half a percent. Brennan, all you had to do was look. You saw it was going right into the healthcare industry because it's a, essentially a monopoly. It's going right into the, anything in healthcare, and you lie to yourself by saying for a 12-year pro, profile that uh, that industry is only 6% of the economy, even though it's 20% of the economy. So if, if, you, would just gone, if you went back to 2000 and said, okay, healthcare is 20% of the economy, you, we would have had inflation all the way back to that. Not, not to mention, add, add uh, secondary education and add primary education. Take those three factors, you can't say there was no inflation for 12 years. Mm-hmm. But you should, you should be looking for it because the money's coming in there. You know it's going someplace, right? 
It's like right. you know, it's, it's like if, if you have a leak in the top floor of your house, and you see water coming out of somewhere, and you go, "Well, looks looks okay to me. I don't see any water anywhere." Brendan, you know it's somewhere. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Where is it going? You got four dogs lapping it up, you know, on the way down or what? I mean, it, it's the same principle, right? It's going somewhere. Where is it? You better find it pretty darn quick, or you got you have a you know a sash warning in massive there. flood. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, I mean, I don't I mean what are what are these. I know every single election, you know, and I talk about this a lot, every single election is just a race to get two more years or four more years. And, mm-hmm. I, and I think right now that the Fed is going to put off any real movement. They're going to hope that this comes back on its own, which I don't see how it will, maybe a little bit. They're going to hope and hope and hope that, that they can push it off a lot of it to after the election. I know they're going to give a three-quarter point thing tomorrow probably, talk harshly, but then they're going to say, we're data-driven, and I think there's probably no chance, unless we really get worse, that they do something big in September right before the election. I don't think they're necessarily Democrats or Republicans. I just think that they don't want to be involved in that. And yet, they sort of are. I mean, by not doing Well, I so. think that you also hit it on the head. You hit that point right on target when you said that they're, they're looking for short-term turnaround, immediate turnarounds to protect themselves in power. And that's true of both Democrats and Republicans. What they're trying to do with the stuff that will make the immediate narrative in their favor by saying they're taking action to reverse inflation right now by any kind of action, even though it's it you know, first it will correct itself over time, whether it's you know, six months or six years, it will correct itself over time. We know that from our history, but whether it be quick enough or who gets to blame for the the, the bad parts and the pain are going through in the interim, and who therefore gets power. Well, the. Uh when you say correct itself, that's we've been struggling with that for the last two weeks because I pose a question pretty much to everybody. If you just flatten out the money supply right now, we'll say zero growth or one or two percent growth, which, by the way, they have done the last couple months. That's why you're seeing this, a lot of this consumer cutback stuff. Would would you, since since there's been such a bulge in this inflation, in rents that were fifteen hundred or twenty five hundred, you know, people do not have a sixty percent raise. Look at automobiles. Look at everything else. I mean, it's 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 unconscionable how much this stuff's costing. Not even mm-hmm. to mention gasoline. Would you would you feel that you just do it right there, let it sit for a couple of years, and hopefully people will get raises and eventually grow into it and heal the economy heal itself, or would you try and pull back and get some of these prices actually down? I'll tell you what, I would try to pull back right now because of the way people are suffering, and and you get on a couple of key components here. Um, things like two, two elements in particular, health care and rent. When you look at the amount of uh, rent increases across the country, but especially in large cities, uh, I mean, places like Miami where uh, apartments are, are rising 60% from last year to this year for lease renewals, um, that's, that's unconscionable. And, and that's, you know, I, I don't believe that's market driven. That's being driven by opportunistic. Uh, situations by by the owners and uh, and healthcare costs going through the roof as well. You know, there's there's a lot of hidden costs there that are just not sustainable. And you're right that uh, that people's salaries cannot keep up with that kind of of a hit. New cars or used cars. Well, new cars aren't available right now because of the chip shortage. With used cars, the price is going you know, higher than they, they sold in some cases a couple of years ago when they were brand new. That's just not sustainable. Well, I, I, the only problem I have with that, and I, and I, that's, that is certainly a, shall we say, a, 
I, I think that whenever you whenever you mess with this stuff, when you pour inflation into the system, Brendan, it's the, the it's very uneven the consequences, and I'm almost almost as afraid to do it the other way to pull the money out. I don't. I I think that would be just as maybe just as uh uneven and, and divisive in its own way. I mean, I, I don't know if anybody's ever tried to do that. Mm-hmm. I mean, in other words, I'm, I'm pretty afraid that. of that too. I mean. But that's the conundrum. If you're the policymaker, which way do you go knowing that no matter which way you go, you're going to be damned? Because there's no perfect solution right now. We're in a position right now where incremental steps have to be taken. How incremental can be a question, but uh, there are arguments that if you put more money in, do you take more money out? Do you raise rates? Do you keep them in the rack? All of those things are going to have consequences, and a lot of them will be unintended consequences because people will respond to their own pocketbook and not even look at the long term. And by, by long term thinking, what does this mean that I have to do, that I have to do in my economic situation for the next year or the next two years, or even the next six weeks? And am I willing to pay that price? Do I want things to stay the way that they were before, uh, before we got into this problem? Or am I willing to, to take a step back and let it play out? Well, Yanni, yeah, take a note. Let's continue this discussion next week, because there actually was a time in U.S. history when the government did just that, but it was also a time where the the uh, innovation was so dramatic that it almost didn't hurt the economy. The prices actually mm-hmm. went down and, and productivity went way up, so standard of living actually went up. And we'll we'll talk about that uh, next week if, if Meliani makes a note because I'll never remember, and neither will you, Brendan. You know, we're just that way. we're at that age now. What can I say? <laughs> I'm shocked. I'm shocked at that comment, Chief. <laughs> so, yeah, the uh, <laughs> what, did you, what did you have? What did you have for breakfast this morning? <laughs> uh, okay, we'll remember. Anyway, take care. Are you here? Or are you in Michigan? Uh, I'm here today. I've got some doctors of ones this morning speaking about going into the healthcare system. <laughs> oh God, good luck with that. All right, bud, talk at you. Good luck over with that stuff. SP futures down twelve. Nasdaq futures down fifty-one. Be right back. How much confidence do you have that your investments will make you wealthy? Do you truly know the odds? Welcome to Luckbox, the control freak's guide to life, money, and probability. Luckbox shows you how to gauge the likelihood of success before you commit to an investment or any other decision. And Luckbox is free for one year at luckboxmagazine.com jocks. Each new issue dives deep into the current investing climate, separates the signal from the noise with relevant trade ideas, and equips you with cutting-edge tactics you don't already know. Luckbox is the essential magazine for proactive investors who are hell-bent on pursuing life, luxury, and happiness through sports, fitness, travel, food, spirits, music, and a whole lot more. Smart investors don't bet on possibilities, they play the probabilities. Luckbox is $7.99 on newsstands, but you can subscribe for 10 free digital issues at luckboxmagazine.com jocks. Don't rely on luck. Get Luckbox at luckboxmagazine.com jocks. Is your business being challenged by the complexities surrounding healthcare reform or other matters related to human resources management? If so, then Cognos HR can help. A longtime friend and contributor to the Stocks and Jocks radio program, Cognos HR provides its clients with a perfect blend of strategic consulting and day-to-day HR management to drive overall improvement in business performance. Companies that join the Cognos HR family are better able to manage health care costs, enhance benefit offerings, and improve employee satisfaction by leveraging our access to Fortune 500 benefits. 
Our innovative onboarding and payroll technology, along with our constant attention to detail, enables us to provide the highest level of quality service to our clients. Now, your time and energy can be focused on generating business and increasing your bottom line. We'll take care of the rest. For more information, call us at 630-401-8810 or search us on the web at CognosHR.com. Cognos HR, innovation and human resources. Licensed in Illinois and Arizona. Hello, this is Tom Howell, the Chief. Confused about investing these days? I suspect you are not alone. Investing was never easy, although at times it may have seemed so. I think one reason behind the current concern, although maybe not explained as such, is how the fluctuation of the American dollar and the associated politics is affecting your investments and your wealth. It may not be enough to make some money in your investments. You may need now to make enough to exceed the amount that your leadership is depreciating the value of the dollars you've worked your whole life to accumulate. That same leadership has seen fit to maneuver risk-free interest rates to near zero. Providing positive risk-averse returns in a zero-interest and declining real-wealth environment is by far the toughest assignment I've ever had in my years as a money manager. I'm sure that a lot of you have heard that one way to possibly deal with this problem is to invest in so-called hard currencies like silver and gold, the idea being that they will retain their relative value in the face of devaluation of paper currencies like the dollar. To be honest, I have never been a gold bug. I've always had faith that having enough dollars and a good investment strategy was good enough. Now I'm not so sure. But I do know that if I did invest in gold or silver, I'd want to do it in the same manner as we do with PTI for investments in the market, with defined risk. If you feel the need to invest in gold or silver, we can do it using the same strategies that we use for our protected index program. No matter what you invest in, we feel that you need to know and control your risk. Find us at PTISecurities.com. That's PTISecurities.com. Stocks, jocks, and jocks. stocks, and jocks. You are out of control. Here, right now. Right here, right there, right now. Hello, Norway Bakes, Tyson Jacks. I'm Tom Hano. Eliani on the board. SP Futures down 13. NASDAQ Futures down 55. Dow Futures down 140. Most of that is Walmart, which is down uh, 1262, which is pushing 10%, which is a lot for Walmart. Uh, they came out last night and said they're uh, going to cut their forecast. Even though it wasn't an earnings night, so it was not scheduled. They cut their forecast that inflation has hit the consumer spending. Too much inventory, sort of the same uh, drill we got from Costco a while ago. Uh, so Costco's down 16 bucks. They're down 3% as well. Uh, well, they're not down 10 like Walmart, but they're down they're down 3%. For Asia, we've got... This was kind of interesting last night because it, all, it happened like right at the close. So we're going to see that the markets actually were up a little bit, uh, but... They really weren't, if you look to the futures, right after 3 o'clock, so it's kind of an odd deal. UK down 44 points, 0.1%, so not much going on there. Shanghai up 27, 0.8%. Hang Seng up 342, 1.7, as they continue to go wildly back and forth between this 20,200 and 20,005. They're right now in the middle now, 20,905. Uh, we've got Europe, Europe is uh, DAX down 114, 0.9%. FTSE up 38.5%. Kek around down 19.3%, so a little bit uh, muted over there. UBS is down 6%, uh, what the bank came out and said it's a challenging time or something along those lines. Yesterday, again, we Dow was up 90, S&P was up 5, NASDAQ was down 51, so some of a mixed, mixed bag. But as soon as Walmart came out, obviously that's that's 80 points in the Dow right there, so it was kind of an odd close. Uh, bonds, 10-year minus 6 basis points, 2.76. Far away from three now, much less four, and uh, I'm not so sure the Fed is pulling money out like they say they're supposed to be. Uh, Bun minus point zero eight point nine four. They're under a under a percentage point here. All these central banks, I think, are getting cold feet about this changing here. Uh, Japan down another basis point to point two one, which is the lowest they've been in a real long time. 
Uh, oil up a buck 62, 98.32, trying to get back to 100. Brent up 156 to 106.71, so that spread continues to be over eight dollars. Natural gas up 25 cents, 8.97. This thing was under six dollars a couple of weeks ago. This went from like 9.30 down to six, call it now back to 8.97. That's in, incredible in this in this contract. Our Bob up four cents, 3.42. We've got gold down 3.40, 17.15. Silver up three cents, 18.36. Copper up seven cents, 3.42. We've got uh, Bitcoin down 606, 21,120. Kind of heading south toward that 20,000 number again. And we have the dollar against the uh, euro. We're up to, we're at 1.01. So actually, the uh, dollar is strengthening this morning. Oh, yeah, what do you got for us? Traffic, weather, sports. That's a lot of stuff. Yeah, you went through a lot of stuff. Yeah. <laughs> All right, good morning, everyone. Uh, currently 6.37 a.m. on July 26th. Let's start with sports. Uh, Cubs beat the Pirates last night 3-2 to two with a 120 game this afternoon, so look forward to that. Diamondbacks beat the Giants last night. Huge win, 7-0. They'll be playing tonight at 8.40. And we can look forward to a game tonight from the White Sox playing the Rockies tonight at 7.40. Looking at traffic in Chicago this morning, not too shabby. We got traffic eastbound on 290 between Highway 45 and Cicero with an accident at Lake Street. That hasn't caused any congestion quite yet, but that will cause some congestion later on this morning as there's a lane closure from the left. Uh, we got traffic eastbound on I-90 between the 294 Tri-State Ramp and Lawrence. Traffic eastbound on 94, well, some light congestion rather, between West North Avenue and Canal Port. Uh, there is going to be a closure for a road closure for the Wicker Park Fest on Milwaukee between Paulina and West North Avenue. That will be effective until July 27th. Uh, we have traffic uh, eastbound on, um, oh, I just said that, uh, westbound 94 between 59th and uh, Milwaukee. We have traffic northbound on 55 between Route 171 and South Damon. And let's talk about some road closures for Lollapalooza this week, and there's going to be quite a few. Uh, Lollapalooza begins Thursday, July 28th, and will continue through July 31st. In preparation, Balboa is closed from Columbus to Lakeshore Drive and will reopen Thursday, August 4th. Jackson was also closed from Columbus to Lakeshore Drive and will reopen Wednesday, Wednesday August 3rd. Uh, additional closures <coughs> uh, between, uh, let's see here, from Balboa to Michigan, that will be closed from Lakeshore Drive to Michigan Avenue. Balboa from Michigan to Columbus will reopen Monday, August 1st. And Jackson uh, from Michigan Avenue to Columbus will close Tuesday, July 26th and will remain closed until Monday, August 1st. Just stay away from that whole area. Yeah, pretty much just a lot of congestion. Be mindful of that. <laughs> Back yeah. to you, Chief. We have Mr. Joel. Yeah, right. good how, morning, Chief. How are you, how you buddy? doing on this Tuesday? All right. I like you got a lot going on in Chicago. Yeah, we're, we got uh, stuff going on. a little thing. That's really going to cause some traffic, huh? Yeah, we. Uh, plus they, they, they've scheduled a NASCAR race downtown next year you guys did Detroit used to have a race downtown a yeah we've for- got the Grand Prix uh it uh, it was it's been on Belle Isle beautiful Belle Isle they're gonna move it back downtown but yeah the Detroit Grand Prix is what you're what you're referring to is that, is that kind of neat or is that kind of a crazy idea uh you know it's good for Detroit uh I'm not a huge race car fan so you know i don't exactly uh i go down there for it but uh it's good it's good for the it's good for the city it uh you know like i said it's been on belle isle but they're gonna move it uh they're gonna move it uh, downtown starting next year well it would be real interesting if like chicago did something like that and uh <clears throat> left the potholes the way they are <clears throat> that would make some, oh, that some would be interesting. very interesting you ever see tires and under undercarriages go flying in the air and drivers and stuff be cool <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like fun, but that uh, chief. 
Chief, I'm back after my vacation here, and uh, I have to say, you know, the market, we're only down 13 and a quarter handles. I, I'd say I'm, I'm a little bit surprised after that Walmart news. Uh, that, that's some big news. Uh, Q2, Q3, um, is, and as well as uh, uh, fiscal, uh, fiscal year 23. So they're they're not they're not uh, they're not putting a, a happy face on this at all. They're saying things are going to be bad for a while. It's wrecking the retail sector this morning, and uh, boy oh boy, I hope this is a precursor of things to come because um, this is not what we need in a rising interest rate environment. Uh, the fundamentals, earnings, not looking good, chief. Oh, uh, that's true. But what makes you think the if, if you if you even got a brain of a net? Remember we used to say that in high school, the brain of a gnat, if that, in in Washington, you knew you were screwing those people anyway, the Walmart people. Why why is this a shock? Oh, uh, no. I mean, it's 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 starting there, and I, I don't think it's just going to be the uh, uh, the Walmart people. I think it's going to, you know, uh, go in other parts of uh, the economy as well. Um, you know, fundamentals. You know, we got the Fed. Fed today, obviously, GDP on Thursday, which is probably not going to give you a good reading. That the Fed decision, I don't I think they'll stick with three quarters of a point as opposed to jacking at a point. Uh, and, you know, you got numbers from some of the mega tech. So, you know, you could get this warning from Walmart, yeah, you know, they hit the snooze. I, I, you know, they could have been down a lot more overnight. We've had a nice rally. Uh, big week for the markets, Chief, but that's but really... It's the only way to look at it. Yeah, I would say that the, the the macro, the amount of money either coming in the system, not coming out of the system, seeing where it is. I, mean, I was looking yesterday at the uh, the Fed uh, balance sheet. I won't dig it up here again and bore everybody, but we're pretty much at the exact same number in the balance sheet we were in April, even though yeah. it has come down a little bit. So they started talking about this in January. So they, they kept pumping it up all the, while, all the while they were talking about it. And it has, it has come down a little bit in the last month or two. But basically, we're at the same number we were in April. So there's no, there's no real rush to turn this bus around by the Fed. As much as they talk about it, there really isn't. And uh, the in the inflation, I mean, it's such an identity. You've got people that that uh, you know that have not participated money wise. I mean, they can say everybody has a job, but the the raises have not come close. I don't know. I don't, I don't know how you when somebody spends fifty at the pump instead of forty. That once you go in the store, you don't spend. You don't. You don't have the ten to spend. I mean, this is basic. I mean, if you if you can't figure this one out, I don't know why you're in office. You know, I mean, whatever you, you know, you, you can't get blood out of a, a rack, as they say, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, you also have to, you know, look at this from a, a little bit longer of a historical perspective, Chief. And uh, you know, this is the you know now two years removed uh, from the pandemic. Uh, you know, Q two earnings. Uh, you know, this is like uh, 21, uh, artificially inflated, right? Well, 20, yeah. they were horrible because nothing was open. Uh, 21 are, you know, some, some company like Walmart and, uh, you know, other retailers that uh, did the online, uh, artificially high earnings, correct? And yep. Now you're just coming back, uh, coming back to an equilibrium here. Um, let's just hope that the consumer, is maybe they're not spending as much on those, uh, you know, those uh, goods at Walmart. Let's hope they're spending them somewhere else. There, we're in a whole lot of trouble. Well, you know, I was looking at, uh, and this is really raw, and I won't go through it deeply. I just let you know. Maybe we'll talk a little bit next week. I dug up this page. 
aggregate costs for hospital stays by principal diagnosis, which is hard for me because I don't even know what the hell these diagnoses are, uh, 1997 through 2010, and then I, I dug up the average cost of a, of a one-night stay in 2022. And this, the, the total cost from 97 uh, to 210, it's, it, most of them average here like 3 or 6 or 5% a year going up for those years, 1997 to 2010. But as you look down the page here, virtually every everything in 1997, the average cost per stay is less than one night now. The average cost per night, like in the Chicago area, is like 10700 The average cost yeah, per geez. stay in 1997 looks like it's 11000 8000 6800 depending on what you were there for. One thing this, this chart doesn't give you is uh, the average nights. So it says here, like, you know, coronary this, pneumonia, but they don't tell you how many nights that is. So I guess you could sort of imply, but uh, it's 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 not even it's not even close. Uh, and you know, so you have those kinds of things hitting people. You've got rent hitting people. It's, I've never seen a, a, a people getting beat up like this, unless you happen to be somebody who landed somewhere where your business did fine and you got government money. You know, I, I don't, I don't. Yet those people have nothing but dough, right? Yeah, not not yeah, yeah, not a whole lot of people out there. But um, you know, uh, you know, we, we can talk about the you know what may happen, where they come, where yeah. session. The fact of the matter is, is we had a great, we had a very nice rally off that yeah. off that June low. We're holding up here. Um, I really would like to see us clear this four K level um, in the S and P's. We settled. It's a it's a longer term. Uh, a level that I'm following. Get yeah, last week's close just a hair above that. Um, right now, we're struggling with it. Uh, very important uh, technical hurdle, psychological hurdle for the market. We clear that, we're okay. If not, I think we got some plenty of work to do on the downside. So, got a hop, Chief, and uh, glad to be back. Talk to you yeah. next week. Yeah, next week, let's talk about the Big 30, little, little football. Okay. <laughs> All right. Well, SP Futures down 13, NASDAQ Futures down 50. Be right back, Stacks and Jacks. Are you one of the millions of people who suffer with pain? Do you wake up in the morning with stiffness in the lower back or neck? Why are you using medication to cover up the symptoms without treating the actual cause? Painkillers, muscle relaxants, and anti-inflammatories are not the answer. At ChiroMed, physicians are trained to detect the cause of your symptoms and to correct the underlying problem. If you're ready to listen to common sense and do what it takes to make changes in your body that can affect your health for the rest of your life, give ChiroMed a call and set up a complimentary consultation. They are located in Orland Park and can be reached at 708-403-2727. 20,000 patients over 22 years have been treated at ChiroMed and over 90% of them have had positive results without medication or expensive surgery. Isn't it time you did something good for your body too? Give ChiroMed a call, 708-403-2727. That's 708-403-2727. Let's get you pain-free and living again. Hi, I'm Audrey Johnson, owner of Home Source Realty and frequent contributor to Stocks and Jocks Radio Show. If you're thinking about purchasing real estate this summer, could be a good time to shop around. Whether you're a novice or seasoned investor, low interest rates, and a good inventory make adding bricks-and-mortar investment to your portfolio an interesting possibility. Many a great fortune has begun with the purchase of property. Call me today for your personal investment consultation, and I would be happy to get you started on your path to prosperity. You can reach me at Audrey Johnson at Realtor.com or call me at 708-349-3456. That's 708-349-3456. 
Interested in promoting your business to a high-end audience comprised of entrepreneurs, traders, executives, and the everyday business person? Consider advertising on Stocks and Jocks. With a devout listenership covering the Chicago market along with a vast online presence, advertising on Stocks and Jocks may be just what it takes to put your business over the top. For more information, contact me, Matt Weber, at matt at stocksandjocks.net. That's matt at stocksandjocks.net. Stocks and jocks. Stocks and jocks. Stocks and jocks. You are out of control. Right here, right now, right here, right now. Well, I'm up by Stocks and Jocks. I'm out. Eliani on the board. SP Futures down 13.75. Nasdaq Futures down 50. Do we have Mr. Kenny? We do. How are you, bud? How are you? We're doing all right. How's the weather in Flower? We've got a crummy weekend here. Actually, hum- humid as hell. Now we've got two nice days. It's a cloudy, overcast day today. Maybe it's indicative of the storm that's coming to the market. Um, You know, a few of our a few of our contributors are really into that Uh Order yesterday <laughs> uh, thinks the same way. I mean, a lot of people. Uh, you think it's coming, eh? I, I, I don't know. I can't. I think you might be right, Kenny. But I, I don't know. The Fed it won't be for a while. I don't think the Fed's going to let it drop. Well, listen, uh, they're going to have to make a choice, right? They've made it very clear that inflation is his complete focus, and if that's his focus, then he's got no he's got no other choice than to continue trying to control. Uh, spending, right? He's going to do that by raising rates and making it more expensive and hopefully uh, uh, moderate demands. Let's not say destroy it or kill it. Let's just say moderate it um, until supply and demand come back into into balance. So, look, Walmart, I think, you know, their, their pre-announcement last night, why anyone is surprised by what they said, you know, that consumers are buying, spending more on food and energy, I think that's clear. And so that's just going to leave them less money to spend on anything else, besides the fact that maybe they get nervous that the price is going to continue to go higher in food and energy, and so therefore they're just pulling back. So I'm not sure why that was such a surprise to anybody. Um, but look what they did. They took the stock down 10%. Yeah. Or, oh, my God, like that's, that's crazy. They took it down 10%, and all they did was, look, they don't really report it until August 16th. So now they get it all out of the way all this negative report. So when they report on August 16th, they was going to go, oh, wow, look at that. What a great report. They'll take the stock back up again. Well, 10% is, you know, you got, they got 2.7 billion shares outstanding. It's a big number. It's a big number. Oh, no, there's no doubt that's a big number. But look, um, uh, I'm, uh, again, I think it's just a matter of people have to come to the realization that no matter what the administration and the Fed says, we are in a recession. They can redefine it. They can do whatever they want. The fact is, if the majority of the country thinks we're there, we're there. The same way the majority country thought that transitory was baloney, and in fact, it turned out to be just that. It took Jay Powell a couple of months to admit it, but in fact, he admitted it. We all knew it, and we all know that currently we're in a recession, and we feel that way whether or not they want to define it that way. So it is what it is. Well, you notice the difference, uh, and I don't know how you, I don't know how you do this without <laughs> like an armed revolt, which I'm sure as hell I want to see. Somehow you have to take the, these people. The Jay Powell, I'm sure, is a decent guy. You got, you got, you got to give them the cold, the aqua velva, cold slap. There's such a difference between bureaucratic time 
in regular people time. I mean, right. I mean, the difference between somebody who is having a problem paying for the gas and the utility bills going up and all the other stuff that are flying up, especially with this natural gas running up another two bucks in the last week, it seems. Uh, yeah. I mean, the difference between them and oh, we'll we'll discuss it in November, guys in Washington. It's it's not even the same planet, is it? No, not at all. Not at all. But that speaks right to the complete disconnect between the people that are making these decisions and people that are not. When was the last time you saw Janet Yellen filling up her car at the gas station or even shopping at the local grocery store? The same for Jay Powell. The same for any of them. They don't do what you and I do. They don't understand the price of food at the, at the grocery store or the cost of gas at the pump. They just don't. They say they do, but they really don't feel it themselves, and so therefore the, the, the view is, is distorted. Well, the yesterday she came out and said something about there's no way we can have a recession, no way, no how, because of the unemployment rate. Right. Well, Kenny, my first right. my first day in an economics class, I won't say how many years ago, at Notre Dame, the guy said, boy, this economic number like really sucks. The unemployment number really sucks. It doesn't tell anybody anything. And here we are, how many years later, and it still doesn't tell anybody anything, and people still quote it. I mean, one right. thing that's changed in the last 20 years of our lifetime is you don't have to be... When you and I were, were Utes, you know, if your dad or somebody got laid off, that was a recession to them. And as soon as they got the job yep. back, everything was pretty much okay. Because everybody made, right. not everybody, but most people, uh, made if you, if, you, if you had a job, the job paid for sustenance. Where now, the, the, but I don't see how these people that supposedly have all these degrees way more than me, how do they not understand that one of the things has changed certainly in the last 20 years, is that you can be almost almost damn near salaried unemployed by not being able to, to make ends meet. Don't they get that? You can't make ends meet, right. I mean, you know, when, when prices are surging at 9, nine 9.5% and food and energy surging even more than that, and wages are not keeping up, housing is going up, electric bills are going up, you know, all that stuff is going up. They, they don't get it. They don't get it because they're not... You know, they're not living it, right? They're not paying the bills every month. They're not writing the check to pay the utility bill, to pay the gas bill, to pay the food bill. That's why they don't get it. Well, the one that made me kind of almost shudder last week is I, I, I either Nancy or Adrian every week talking about the real estate market. I guess I, I should have known, Kenny, that when you go to get a, a rental that you're supposed to make essentially three times the cost of the rental is what, when you fill out all those forms and all that stuff, that's what renters, yeah. certainly big company renters, are looking for. Well, when you yeah. raise when you raise the rent from fifteen hundred to twenty five hundred, uh, right. what percentage of the population just got a sixty percent raise? None. I mean, those all right. of a sudden, those you either you either better change your formula or figure there's not going to be any renters around. Right. I mean, it, I mean somebody goes, well, yeah, everybody, or, everybody knows it's a or people, yeah. right. Or they're changing the the, the requirement. People are paying more, and they're left with less money in their pocket to buy the other stuff. And so, therefore, they have to make hard choices. Look, who said it last week? Uh, 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 American uh, AT&T said that, that what they're running into now is late payments, right? Because people are having to choose between what bills to pay. And the fact is, is that the canary in the coal mine? Is AT&T telling us that this is what's happening to people across the country, right? Well, why... You and I aren't shocked. No, no, I understand. I understand that. So why the, the rest of them are shocked is unbelievable to me. Yeah, it's like, uh, 
was it Casablanca? I'm shocked. There's gambling in this establishment. You're winning, sir. Yeah. So. Well, I mean, I, the uh, what was I just? I was. Uh, have you been following the last few days? They've been talking a lot about uh, uh, used car loans. How many of them are in arrears now? Like seventeen percent, twenty percent, or something? Right. So, right. That was an article that came out two weeks ago as well. Repossessions are up. People falling behind on their car payments. Right. That's another canary in the coal mine. What? Uh, yeah. I mean, it's you know, you know, you know. Speaking of which, Kenny, we don't want to get off topic here, but a little, little bit. They when they first started having those satellite, you had your, your stuff in the car where you could like open the window and all that stuff. This happened like. What this has been like twenty five years now. It's been out there, right? Uh, yeah. What what are they? What's the what's the General Motors thing where they can tell where you are and you can just OnStar or whatever it is. Yeah, OnStar. Yes, yeah. OnStar. Yeah, we we had people would come to our seminars and they they I said, what do you, how'd you guys get out here? Well, we own we own an auto dealership and we're repossessing a car. I go, you're doing what? Yeah, we'll just we'll turn the thing off and then we'll have a set of keys and we'll know where it is and we'll just go hop in and drive it home. Right. The guy said, "I said, right. you stop, I said, you stop it while it's moving." Evidently, they used to stop you, it while it was moving. He goes, "We decided that you was." You realize? You realize that they will now finance if you go to a car a used car dealership, they will finance the used car out to ninety six months. Yeah. To try to bring the payment down so people can afford it. Ninety six well, months. Think about that. Well, I had a one of gentlemen. He unfortunately passed away. A good friend of mine he, on the used car thing, and he said, "Kenny, the, the the clientele of some of the clientele where people would say, he'd say something like, this thing's going to cost you four hundred dollars a month.' Right. And they say, I can't afford four hundred dollars a month.' And he'd say, "How about a hundred a quarter a week?' And they say, "That I can do." Right. <laughs> I mean, and and he 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 would actually finance cars for people because the down payment. Well, if they had a down payment, might be almost enough to keep them there. And he had a stream of people that come in every Saturday, and give them fifty bucks or sixty bucks, whatever was the payment. Because they all came in weekly, not even monthly. I mean, that's how that's how bad the lower end is. Yeah. And I don't I don't think the Janet Yellen's of the world have any idea, curiosity, care, you name it, for that. And it, it sort of shows. Yeah, I, I agree, and I you know I I think that's what makes it so difficult when you turn on the TV and you see her, yes, on Sunday on Meet the Press. Oh, absolutely not. We're nowhere near a recession. Meanwhile, like, all you have to do is pay attention, ask your next door neighbor, talk to the people that are around you, listen to what everyone's saying. What do you mean we're not in a recession? Well, that's the beauty of living in a place that's so far away from your next door neighbor you never talk to them. <laughs> hey, so what is the the, the uh, second quarter is going to come out? I never saw a spread like this. The, the, uh, the, the consensus of geniuses is positive 0.3%, yet the Atlanta Fed has it minus 1.6. That's a spread. That's a huge spread, and I'm very, very curious, uh, 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 A, how that spread happens, how they can justify it. But it's clear, I think, that the administration is preparing for the negative number because they got everybody and their brother out there talking about redefining the word, and no, it's yep. not really a recession. No, it makes no difference if we get two negative quarters. That, that definition is canceled. That's no longer the good definition. So they're preparing for the negative number. Do you ever, uh, right? I've gotten in a habit, Kenny. Do you ever, ever actually read the assessment of the Atlanta Fed? Like when they moved a number up point, point 0.1 or down point 0.1 or whatever? No. It, no. Those guys, all these numbers that come out, and I'm going to say you and I might glance at them. We don't pay any attention to them, really. 
like government expenditures or something. Those guys, every single one of these little numbers that come out every day, those guys will move that number because they, they right. analyze every single number. Like, you know, the Empire State or the Philly Fed or something. You and I look at it and we go, that's not tradable. We, we just blow right by it, right? These guys analyze right. every single one of those and move the number. It's it they, they are on right. it now. Whether they're right or wrong, I don't know. Whether the number, whether they're going to match up with the official number, who knows? But tell you what, somebody's doing some work there. And I just yeah, they I, are doing work, and I get it, right? But it's a bunch of pencil pushing. Um, but I, I, like I said, I'm waiting to see tomorrow how the consensus can be plus three tenths of a percent when the Atlanta Fed, that's usually spot on, has a negative one point six. Yeah, that's going to be. So, Kenny, enjoy yourself. Hopefully, you're not, you're not clouded over all day. Um, bad day for uh, you. Look, the, 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 the sky just turned black. It's going gonna, it's gonna to pour about five minutes from now. Well, I'd get, I'd get back in the house, get off the yatch, you know, and I'll uh, get back in there, get protected. <laughs> I'm in my office. I'm going to my office. <laughs> right, take, take care of yourself. But SP Future is now down 15. NASDAQ is down 62. We're leaking a little. Be right back, Stacks and Jackson. This self-directed trading is a lonely job. Online trading is not as easy as point and click. No, it's not. Everyone, even professionals, need to share ideas and think out loud every now and then. That's what I like about PTI Pro Direct. Their staff of former option floor traders really helps me choose the right strategy for trading option volatility and plan the time decay for my covered writing program. Yep, nothing can replace years of trading experience to stop you from making that dumb trade and for saving a few bucks. We've all been there and done that. <laughs> yeah, I have access to all that great trading advice and experience for just a penny a share for stocks, $1 for equity options, and $1 minimum a trade. Our clients at PTI ProDirect can call when they need a little help on a trade or just to talk about the market in general. We trade every day. We love this stuff. That's what I like most about PTI ProDirect. Cheap prices along with great advice from real floor traders. It's the best of both worlds. Tell your friends. That's PTIProDirect.com. PTIProDirect.com. Are you one of the millions of people who suffer with pain? Do you wake up in the morning with stiffness in the lower back or neck? Why are you using medication to cover up the symptoms without treating the actual cause? Painkillers, muscle relaxants, and anti-inflammatories are not the answer. At ChiroMed, physicians are trained to detect the cause of your symptoms and to correct the underlying problem. If you're ready to listen to common sense and do what it takes to make changes in your body that can affect your health for the rest of your life, give ChiroMed a call and set up a complimentary consultation. They are located in Orland Park and can be reached at 708-403-2727. 20,000 patients over 22 years have been treated at ChiroMed and over 90% of them have had positive results without medication or expensive surgery. Isn't it time you did something good for your body too? Give ChiroMed a call, 708-403-2727. That's 708-403-2727. Let's get you pain-free and living again. Hi, I'm Audrey Johnson, owner of Home Source Realty and frequent contributor to Stocks and Jocks Radio Show. If you're thinking about purchasing real estate this summer, could be a good time to shop around. Whether you're a novice or seasoned investor, low interest rates, and a good inventory make adding bricks-and-mortar investment to your portfolio an interesting possibility. Many a great fortune has begun with the purchase of property. Call me today for your personal investment consultation, and I would be happy to get you started on your path to prosperity. You can reach me at Audrey Johnson at Realtor.com or call me at 708-349-3456. That's 708-349-3456. Hear ye, hear ye! The Homer Broadcasting System is on the air! Stocks and jocks. Stocks and jocks. Stocks and jocks. You are out of control! Right here, right now, right here, right now, right now. 
Well, I'm back to Stacks and Jacks. I'm Tom Howell. Eliani on the board. SP Futures down 15 now. NASDAQ Futures down 60. So we're we're, we're, we're leaking a tad. Uh, just as I was talking about, and I may have went over a little bit with Hal, because uh, just in terms of uh, how, how people, when I was talking before the break about the hospital care, just, just I should refer this when I keep talking about how things are not picked up in the CPI. The, the odd number I picked up the other day doing some research is there's a, there's a big chart here, a huge research about hospital stays for various di- diseases. Now, granted, you didn't have as, as good of drugs and all those kind of good things from 1997 to 2010. It's a huge study somebody did. I mean, pages and pages of tables, and I didn't go into all of them, but essentially came up with uh, an average of 4, 5, 6, 8% raise. Hey, Al, how are you? I did well. Good. I, uh, I, wanna, I guess I'm going to embroil you in this. Uh, I did some research the other day, um, like you know, like if you gave me an assignment, so I did a little bit. Now I can't do do it as well as you guys would do out there because you have, you have you have peeps, you got guys who can do this stuff for you, uh, and ladies. But well, I, I have to do it all myself at Westminster. Well, you know, you got you got to get a place where you got peeps. <laughs> well, we don't have any PhD candidates that I could uh, low paid PhD candidates that I could uh, assign to do all this work. I have to do it myself. That has to be a great thing to have uh, those guys hanging around. I mean, it, well, if you ever look at, I wouldn't, you know, unless you have uh, insomnia, I would read uh, Milton Friedman's uh, Economic History of the United States or Monetary History, and it's these astounding thing in there. Hal is every one of the charts in the thing looks like it was hundred hours work minimum. Oh yeah, back then I, I can imagine that would be the case, but I think today uh, Milton. If he had the, uh, if he was skilled in Excel and different platforms for performing analytics, I think, you know, it'd probably take him uh, a, a few hours to do all the charts. I don't know. Given, given the data that's available uh, from different web- websites and whatnot, I, I don't think it'd take too long. But back then, he probably had a team of, team of uh, uh, hand calculating uh, graduate students working for him too. Well, I'm t- I'll tell you, some of the. We start talking about hot money in 1885. I, I don't. I don't know how, how readily available that is on the internet. I don't even know how you find it in a library. But I don't yeah. Know. Well, I mean, I, I think it's like what Murray Rothbard had to go through. I mean, if you read a lot of his uh, historical economics books, um, I'm kind of thinking, how do you have access to all those articles and books when he was sharing an office with a history professor at New York Tech? Uh, New York Institute of Technology. I mean, for him to be that prolific meant that he never slept. Yeah. I think today he. I think today would have a better. Uh, it would be much easier today because probably ninety percent of the stuff that he read, maybe almost all of it, is available online now. Well, I remember when I was at University of Chicago. I mean, I'd go into the, to the, to the library there, and there were there were places. I don't think anybody ever even went. I mean, there were books that probably hadn't been opened, and I don't know how many. It kind of reminds me of that Friends episode where Ross is showing Chandler his uh, dissertation. I love that episode. <laughs> and one and person he... checked it out, and he ended up making out with her when well, she came to check it out again. The first time was that he <laughs> caught he caught students making out in that back thing, and then he went to go show <laughs> this girl that he's interested in, and then he ended up making out with her there. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's you know, libraries it's are good for something. It's a great episode. It's yeah. so funny. <laughs> well, yeah. It, when it, you know, at Notre Dame, they had at the time the world's biggest collegiate library. They just built it, and it was people went there and studied. 
and they had like maybe 700,000 books, but everybody would go there. That, that was kind of my, my secret to doing well in college, is everybody took off to go to the library, which was a 10-minute walk, and the entire dorm would empty out. So there's nobody there. So I would just stay there, pick up the 20 minutes, and not have anybody bugging me. So I, I, in an hour and a half, I'd accomplish more than four hours of wandering because it was a big social. Well, you're an, you're an economist, Tom. I mean, yeah. that, that time cost is big walking <laughs> to the library. Well, not to mention you're... And if you're a college student, if you're a college student, you're constrained because you got to get in your beers time too, right? Oh, absolutely. I had to make sure I was out of it. <laughs> I was done by 10 o'clock. I, I had a list of a bar every single night of the week. The uh, I had to figure it out. We'd, we'd come back. I always went to class. You should, if, if your students ever ask you, ask you, what was the secret to getting good grades and learning without working too hard? Two things you got to do. Well, actually, three. If you go to class, and, and which I actually I had really good professors, so I went to class, listened to them, took notes of what they thought was important, made sure you read what they told you to read, so now you're touching everything twice. And all you do is go over it the night before, and you're good. So, you, so you've touched everything three times. And unless yeah. you're, unless you're well, a dum-dum, you should I, be able to retain I, it. What I try to get my students to do is to read before they come to class. Well, so then they can a, ask interesting questions, challenge me, and not have those deer-in-the-headlight looks that I used to get before I used to. I, I do it by having these pre-quizzes, right? But before I do that, I'd have these students looking at me like, you know, the deer-in-the-headlights, right? When you're coming around that mountain road, and those eyes are about 10 feet wide. Oh, yeah. Uh, I, I that's what I try to do. I, I I tell students read before you come to class, so you can ask questions and challenge me, and then we can have vibrant discussions. You get a lot more out of it. Well, as, it was uh, as my my mom was actually somewhat of a coach, um, for lack of a better term. She thought everybody should be able to do everything in life. Like when I got done with class, I, I went to never miss one. Well, that's a very Marxian uh, attitude. Right. Well, no, she just thought... It is. That you, but I mean, that you're supposed to, if you went to class when you're supposed to, instead of finding a reason not to go, uh, then I would immediately get my gang and we'd head over to play basketball or football, whatever happens, touch football, whatever the day was, or the weather was. And then you'd go to dinner and I'd buckle down for like two and a half, three hours. Then we'd go out to the bar. But, but oh, it, yeah. Everything that, was I'm, not, I'm not saying that's smart. You know, what yeah. I'm saying, that's just hard work and, and being an interesting person, right? But what I'm saying is Marxian is that you should be able to be good at everything. That's a very Marxian idea. Well, you're, you're a good auto mechanic. You're a good uh, milker of cows. You're a good data analytics, a, a, analytics professional, um, et cetera, et cetera, right? That's, that's the Marxian idea that I thought she was talking about. I'm not so sure I'd be a good milker of cows. That'd be terrible. <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't either. That would be awful. <laughs> what are the, just be I'm crying. a good drinker of milk, but not a good milker of cows. What did the guy, what did the guy say in, uh, in Witness when Harrison Ford, when he... Where the uh, the the uh, guy says to him, uh, the, the old Amish guy says, "Well, yeah, he's starting to milk, and he had no idea how to do it." And he goes, "What's the matter with you? Haven't you ever seen like a tit before?" And Harrison Ford goes, "Well, not that big." <laughs> these are a little different. Yeah, the, uh, yeah, these are a little different. Yes. Anyway, I, I was uh, digging through some research before we started this crazy conversation, and I was looking for some, trying to figure out what hospital costs were. Like then and now. Plus, one of my buddies was, just spent ten days in Northwestern. Nobody seems to know what they did to him, and the bill would be a hundred thousand bucks. Which just, you know, I don't know. Anyway, long story, but uh, I don't think anybody thinks they even helped him out. But so I went back to this thing, and, and, and there's a, uh, um, it's, it's a what the hell is it? It's cost for 
Hospital cost by diagnosis, 97 to 2010. There's a million tables and charts here uh, that would be perfect for you, uh, Hal. <laughs> and, uh, oh. Yeah, and, and, well, I'm saying that they, they uh, but the diagnosis, but I don't, here's the, the whole of this, is they don't tell you how many days each one is. Because I mean, it'll say acute cerebrovascular disease, whatever the hell that is. 1997, a stay was 9,300, and 2010 was 14,500. Then they'll give you a, a whole a- average annual percentage change in aggregate cost, 97 to 2010. And you get on the list, and all, di- all diagnosis essentially was a 4% a year, 3.8 increase in costs of every one of these diagnoses from 97 to 2010. Now, it's, it was way above any printed inflation for those years. Okay, but here's the here's the rub. If you even take the 2010 number, all diagnoses are two, are 9,700 bucks. All right, now I'm sure some of them are a day and some of them are three days, whatever. Right now, in 2022, the average cost of one day in a hospital in Chicago area is 10,700. So since 2010 to 2022, we've gone from kind of a sloppy diagnosis number here, which is at least one day, right? Uh, We've gone. We've gone. Now it costs as much for one day as it did for like the whole, the whole stay. And if you go to your CPI, uh, I'll, and I'll give you this. I bet you you're, you could be. I shouldn't ask you this because you're probably the only person that gets it right. Uh, you know what the cost is if you put a dollar in 1997. What is that dollar worth today? So we're talking 25 years later. Um, what is according to the CPI? What would that number be? I would. Say probably uh, 20, 20 to thirty percent more. Um, no, so so you think that the total inflation is for twenty five years only twenty percent? Yeah, from that, yeah, tw- no, yeah. No, no, no even, even those guys. Yeah. No, even those guys. It's up. It's one point eight six. So it's almost double. Okay. It's almost double. But I'm okay. saying that the hospital costs have to be up three, four, five times. Yeah. You know, I just wonder if there's if, are, do we ever. Do we ever do a recount on this on these numbers and say, well, that's pretty interesting, but everything I everything I own I just bought costs like four times more than it did twenty years ago and you guys are saying it's up you know, half a half of a you know, five percent and it's up you know, four times or something. I mean, is there ever a recount well, I think in, the, in the CPI I think uh healthcare services has probably been as a percentage of the market basket pretty fixed over the last 25, 30 years, maybe the last 50 years, it's usually about 6% of the market basket. So um, you have that huge increase in the expenditures, right, the, the prices of these healthcare services. But it's only making up about 6% of that basket. And the interesting thing about that, if you look at the, if you look at the parts of the basket that are um, in industries that are heavily regulated, managed, or owned, or by government, uh, you'll see huge, massive increases in annual prices. But if you look at the products that are in uh, industries that are not managed, owned, or regulated, are pretty much left alone, like televisions, computers, laptops, software, etc. You'll see a massive increase in the quality and at the same time, you won't see any scarcity, and you'll see prices coming down. So I think the reason why you see all that increase in those prices 
is because the purpose of government regulation, in my opinion, is to create scarcity, or as my wife would say, scarcity, yep. and then be corrected by one of her professors, scarcity. Yeah. Uh, she won't listen to me. She has to listen to one of her other professors that she likes better. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I think it creates scarcity, and that scarcity pushes prices up demand curves. Wait a minute, wait a minute. Why should you... That, that's just the purpose of it. That's just the purpose of it, right? Why should... It creates scarcity. What would make you so special is to have your significant other listen to you? Yeah, um, I'm just the guy that uh, cooks the breakfast and takes the kids to school. Oh, yeah, it doesn't matter. You can't ever get any points. <laughs> but why should you be unusual <laughs> you should get these points? Nobody else gets them. <laughs> My opinions are completely discounted. <laughs> that's all without a doubt. <laughs> I'm almost, I'm almost at a point. If, if I make if I make breakfast and get the kids to school um, a minute late, she's very happy with me. Well, yeah, it's like uh, I talked to the even the, the guy Nick at the Tripoli Tap. I go, I said, do you got any any like Tripoli T-shirts and stuff? And he goes, oh yeah. I said, well, how come nobody ever wears them? He goes, because I, I bought them. He goes, what I should do is go downstairs and just put a sign on them under pain of. Uh, you know, a flogging, do not steal one of these T-shirts. And he said, then they'd be all gone. Because whatever, whatever I asked anybody to do, they wanted to do exactly the opposite. I should just learn that. <laughs> I should just learn that and say, boy, I, re- I really love that, 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 that's, you know, that striped dress or something, knowing that she would, she, she would never grab that one now that I liked it, the type of thing. Just, you know, we, we, anyway. Just well, to, my brother Rob's wife uh, wants him to stop smoking and drinking, and, and she's been married to him, like, 25 years, and... She hasn't learned that you can't tell if you t- if you tell if you encourage him to smoke more, or if you encur- if you, she encourages him to drink more, he'd probably do less of it. <laughs> my one of my uh, group my she was the opposite. <laughs> one of my ex- my extended family, my grandmother's oldest brother, he he was a prolific drinker, smoker, and gambler, right? And his wife was one of well, these, that sounds like Rod. That yeah. sounds like Rod. <laughs> and, his, and his wife was one of these. It was in these like really wacky religions. I won't say Mormon, like an I am or something, where everything you're not supposed to have caffeine, you're not supposed to have this, and yet they were they were deeply in love. And he'd say, "You ask him, you go, how come you uh, drink, smoke, and gamble?" And he'd say, "Because she's the way she is." And she goes, "Why are you in this religion?" Because he all he does is drink, gamble, and smoke. And he, yet they never had a, they lived together forever, never had a fight. I mean, anyway, <laughs> odd. Word. But but I you know I guess where I'm going with this is that how. What you just said, comparing that to the CPI, I'm I'm real nervous about the 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 uh, forming cartel. I'll use that term of uh, chip manufacturers in the U.S., where there's going to be two or three or four that get this government largesse and fifty some billion dollars that we have to we have to do to get them here, right? Yeah, and I'm pretty sure there are some politicians' spouses that haven't used that information. But use that information oh, yeah. to make these uh, stock purchases, right? Oh, oh, get get a load of this. The news today. Yeah. This is, I don't know, Eliana, I don't know what live on the way in, but on BBM, they got some guy who used to be a representative from Indiana, Breyer or some someplace. See if you, see if you can find us on BBM, uh, the website, Eliani. They, they just arrested this guy for insider trading. Not for any of the stuff he did when he was in Congress, but now that he's out, he somehow he's a consultant. He met with some people from T-Mobile, and he knew they were going to buy Sprint, so he went and bought stock in Sprint and made a hundred grand. How mm. how the hell can the SEC come down on this guy? Not that he's he's probably a knave. Uh, how can they come down on this guy when they let 
what, 77 or 67 senators in the last week? Somebody sent me something that made trades in the last year? Yeah. And stuff. Now, how do you, how do you even how do you walk by that kind of fire and go arrest you and I for having like little firecrackers or something? I mean, well, let's get like this. I listened to Gavin Newsom on uh, Adam Carolla's uh, podcast a couple of days ago while I was walking around, and Adam Carolla was like, "You have the cops uh, pulling over people who tur- uh, kind of roll barely through roll through red uh, in L.A." Meanwhile, you have all this other stuff that's going on that's not being prosecuted. And I wanted to mention to the governor, you have people on the BART train platforms eating a breakfast sandwich, being handcuffed because they're violating that law, and yet you have all this other crime going on that's not being prosecuted. In New York, Airbnbs um, are, uh, are discouraged, but dollar cabs are not on Flatbush Avenue. So the law is being selectively applied here, and maybe the FCC's job is to look the other way with a, with a politician yeah. trading on this information. Well, if you're big enough, but to make okay. an example of us, right? When's the last time Goldman or anybody got an insider trading case? Everything they do is insight. The, the, the well, I, I guarantee you, they, they, I mean, if you, look, if you listen to the president's economic advisors this week, you know they... You know they know that second quarter GDP is going to be a, a monstrously ugly number, probably negative two percent. You know they know that because they're they're out there saying two consecutive quarters does not of negative growth does not make a recession. Well, you, change, you know they already know this, right? Well, you change they're the just definition. trying to head us off at the pass. You change the definition. I, w- I wasn't drunk. I made yeah. it into the, I made it into the house. <laughs> <laughs> You know, but remember, I was going to I was going to ask about this. If you were to take, I know I know your economic. I'm gaining. I know your economic philosophy, and it's and it's fascinating. So a little bit, you come from a different direction than me. That's why I love talking to you. But if you were, if you had some peeps, and you were to write a paper on what you think these the semi uh, the chip industry is going to look like in this country in 20 years, I think that you you could write a spectacular book. And if we're all around twenty years from now, which I hope we all are, I think we can read it, and you're going to be spot on because they're going to they're going to give money to three or four. I, I bet not even five firms yeah. to start up. And if you and I and, and Eliani decide to to get the Stacks and Jap, Jack's Chip Company together, we're not going to get a dime. We're not nope. going to be we're not going to be able to be in the business. There's going to be three or four people. It's going to look, in my opinion, it's going to look exactly like. The baby formula business. There's going to be four people yeah. in there. It's going to be a very well, fast. Subsidies, you know. price controls, maximums, minimums. They all have one purpose. In my opinion, they all have one purpose, and that is to eliminate the marginal firm. Well, and I, uh, eliminate the marginal consumer. And I'll, right? I'll that's, that's what cons- that's what consumer producer surplus is, right? Yep. The change in that, the deadweight loss. That's exactly what that is. Well, I will bet that uh, the for the next twenty years the. The increase in price in chips is at least double the CPI number because there's only four people. And well, is the Senate going to go along with it? You think? I mean, I mean, I guess they would have to because they probably have fed their spouses. And I'm just speculating here. I don't know this for sure because I'm not in the bedrooms, right? Nor do I want to. Do I want to be in their bedrooms? No, 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 no. But I guarantee everybody that votes for it has probably fed their spouse. 
this information. And if you if you look underneath the the pillow, they probably had that stock certificate, right? Oh yeah, yeah. Because right now, it, it once it reaches the point, you, you and I could go there and be the most honest people there are. But after a while, you just see everybody else around you doing it, and it's almost like if you're not participating, you're a chump, right? Yeah. Well, it's kind of like Ron Paul. Ron yeah. Paul, I read a story about Ron Paul. He would uh, rail against Port Bell projects, but for some reason, I mean, he voted against these bills that had these Port Bell projects in it, but there were enough votes for the, you know, the bills to pass. But if you looked at his districts, or his district, he seemed to always have a lot of that money flowing into his district. Well, right? you, you know what? I'm, I'm a South Sider. You know, if you and I were in Congress together, I tell you what, if we went out for a beer, I'd say, Hal, this bill is ridiculous. There's way too much money here. But by the way, you better get some for your district while they're handing it out. <laughs> I mean, if, if, you come, if you come home with nothing but a big complaint and say everybody else got their roads fi- fixed but us, because yeah, I thought I it was too much money. i got to exchange all those favors well, I'm, I'm to just those corporations in my district so they feed my uh, campaign coffers, right? Well, but if they're going to come out with something and they're going to they're going to fix every bridge, for you to say we're spending too much money, and I'll, I'll show you, don't fix any in my district. You can't do that. You, you, you better get yours well, fixed, too. Like it's kind of like that bridge that uh, was built in Alaska when Sarah Palin was, I think, the, the governor. There was a bridge that connected a town of, like, I don't know, a, few, a thousand to an airport on an island, and it was the size of, like, the Golden Gate Bridge. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and... It didn't have very much traffic, but they built this massive bridge in the middle of nowhere. And I'd argue that probably didn't do much for economic growth, GDP. And it probably put out the little the little guy running the ferry, probably put him out of business. But you take that same bridge and you put it in Manhattan, it probably would have done wonders for GDP. Yeah, except what would it cost in Manhattan ten times as much? <laughs> I mean, yeah, but I'm just saying. Yeah. Hey, Tom, have you ever driven through the Holland Tunnel and wondered? Yeah. Who the uh, the tile contractor was? Oh, it's. <laughs> you know, you know, you know how that thing was built. The uh, the, the construction project, how they how, you, how they built it. Was it a big like big tubes that were sunk into the ground? No, it was. It was. It was there's a massive mud bottom in the Hudson River. And so what they did was, they would they would they would take like a, a a form for the tunnel, and they would have all these huge hydraulic jacks on on the first form. They put the second one in there, and they would just hydraulic jack it and push it forward into the mud. And as the mud yeah. dropped down, they scooped the mud out. When you got it enough distance, say fifteen feet or so, you'd put another section in there and start it all over again until you made it to the other side. They just pushed it through the mud and then like a form, and when the mud all dropped in, they just hauled it all out. Cause wow! Because you couldn't scoop it out; it was like it was like thick soup. The mud. <laughs> it was like. Well, really every good. time I go through it, I wonder about that contractor who got the tile job. Oh. <laughs> well, I, but I mean, I, I used to kind of hang out in the club. Uh, well, here we were. It was used to be very busy, and Mayor Daly was in there. One morning, well, we're in this the sauna, and. Uh, Clothed, you know, and uh, he goes. I said, Mayor, when, when you, uh, if you're freshman year going to Congress, how can you tell you a good job? He goes, You better bring back to your district in ex- excess of a million dollars. That you have to be yeah. enough. 
people have to think enough of you out there to figure you're in on the largesse because if you don't bring money home for your district, your district's going to think you don't know what you're doing. Doesn't matter what you yeah. say. Doesn't matter whether you give a speech on C-SPAN or something. Nobody cares about that. But you better bring home some money, because <laughs> he goes. Well, that's probably why. I, that's probably why I'm still a, li- a small little libertarian. I have my own libertarian party. We're a party of one. Because I, I think if the libertarian party, for example, were to take over as one of the second major parties, I think the libertarians are running for election or re-election would quickly realize that they had to bring home the bacon. They had to, they had to bring home the subsidies, right? Yeah. To everybody. And, or they will not get reelected. So that's, that's why I'm a little L libertarian. Well, you, you, uh, we'll talk about more after the break, but what, when I went, to, I went on this barge tour, of all things. God, was it fascinating. Uh, it was, was run by this state of Illinois, you know, agriculture, something, something. And we had these people from China that were over doing some study about, electro- or about agriculture, and one of the things we did was take them on this barge tour. It wasn't me, these other guys, but I went with. And it was fascinating because they talked about all the locks and dams in Illinois. Well, there's only, there's like eight or nine of them. Well, the only one that's new is the one in, Missis- in the, when I say new, since the Depression. The other ones were all Depression era. And uh, the guy who was the uh, West Virginia representative, or senator, he was the longest running guy, he just died, Bert, was it Bird? Birch, something like that. Uh, every, every one of the lock and dams in the Ohio River is been redone since then and none none in Illinois have except the one mm. so the uh, and, and the, the replace one of them is like two million hours of carpenter work it's a huge project but the idea is these these poor guys talk about paying gas tax every time you diesel up one of those things with like 10,000 gallons of diesel uh, in one of those barges or push boats whatever the hell they call them you're paying 10, 15, 20 cents a gallon tax for what? You haven't had a new one in 80 years. <laughs> I, mean, yeah. you, I mean, you would hope that your guy in, in, uh, in, in Illinois is bringing home some of that pay. More and more after this, after the break. SP Futures down 14 now. SP Futures down 53. Not horrible considering you know, Walmart. Walmart, I still got down 9.3%, 12, 12 and a quarter. Be right back, Stacks and Jacks. How much confidence do you have that your investments will make you wealthy? Do you truly know the odds? Welcome to Luckbox, the control freak's guide to life, money, and probability. Luckbox shows you how to factor in the likelihood of success before you commit to an investment or any other life decision. Your brain is smarter than your gut, and that's why you owe it to yourself to read Luckbox. We've made it easy because Luckbox is free for one year at luckboxmagazine.com jocks. Each new issue dives deep into the current investing climate, separates the signal from the noise with timely, actionable trading ideas, and equips you with savvy investing tactics you don't already know, all while exploring how to live your best life through music, spirits, food, sports, travel, fitness, and a whole lot more. Luckbox is the essential magazine for proactive investors who are hell-bent on controlling their financial futures. It's for overachievers and alpha types who don't buy into Wall Street's investment gurus. It's for mavericks who believe in life, luxury, and the pursuit of happiness. It's for you. Smart investors don't bet on possibilities, they play the probabilities. Luckbox is $7.99 on newsstands, but you can subscribe for 10 free digital issues at luckboxmagazine.com jocks. Don't rely on luck. Get Luckbox at luckboxmagazine.com slash jocks. Hello, this is Tom Howe, the Chief. We've talked a lot on the show about risk and suitability, about how your portfolio should match your age, income, and risk appetite. It's been hard for investors to maintain that suitability in the last several years due to a Fed strategy that has driven interest rates to virtually zero. You may have even heard that the Fed was trying to drive conservative investors to a riskier portfolio on purpose, for whatever reason. I'm sure you're aware of investors that took some increased risk, such as longer-term fixed-income securities, and are now unhappy with their choice. 
PTI, we've always stressed total portfolio risk awareness and try to minimize chasing returns in a tough environment. Well, now it looks like maybe interest rates are moving more towards historical levels. Everyone needs to be aware of what that continued movement might do to your portfolio, both good and bad. We also have a stock market that seems to have stalled, at least for the short term. I think it's time for everyone to take a serious look at their goals, their risks, and their portfolios. Do they match? If not, we can help. We have a signature protected index program. We have ways to hedge against interest risk. We can make that portfolio right for you again. Go to PTISecurities.com or call us right now. The market can change very rapidly. That's PTISecurities.com. Hi, I'm Audrey Johnson, owner of Home Source Realty and frequent contributor to Stocks and Jocks Radio Show. If you're thinking about purchasing real estate this summer, could be a good time to shop around. Whether you're a novice or seasoned investor, low interest rates, and a good inventory make adding bricks-and-mortar investment to your portfolio an interesting possibility. Many a great fortune has begun with the purchase of property. Call me today for your personal investment consultation, and I would be happy to get you started on your path to prosperity. You can reach me at Audrey Johnson at Realtor.com or call me at 708-349-3456. That's 708-349-3456. Stocks, jocks, Stocks jocks, stocks, and jocks. You are out of control. Right here, right now, right here, right now, right now. Hello and welcome back to Stocks and Jacks. I'm Tom Eliani on the board. SP Futures down 13 and a quarter. We've been kind of stuck right here all morning. We've just kind of we've been more volatile in the morning than this, but not today. Nasdaq uh, down 52, but stuck right there. Dow Futures down 122. I'm going to say almost 80 points of that has got to be Walmart down 1262, maybe a little more, maybe like 90 points. It's been down 9.6 percent now, trading 119.40. As they cut forecasts, said inflation hit consumer spending. Well, duh. At least they're admitting it. Over in Asia, we've got. Nikkei down 44.1%, Shanghai up 27.8%, Hang Seng up 342, that's 1.7%. It was down like the other day, the same amount, and I come flying back up. Must be interesting to trade over there. Uh, yesterday, now this is bef- all this happened before Walmart announced their stuff, which was like about at 302. Uh, Dow was up 90, uh, S&P up 5, NASDAQ down 51, so kind of a mixed and very slow day. Over in Europe, uh, DAX down 101.8%, FTSE up 37.5%. Kick around down 10.1%, almost flat. So markets are having trouble figuring out which way they're going today. Where bond markets are not. They're, uh, these rates are going lower. Bonds are going up, which really makes you wonder about the Fed, whether they're just BSing us, which I think they are. Uh, they're 2.74. It's down 8 basis points today. Uh, Bund down 10.92, uh, well under a point now. Uh, Japan uh, down 2 basis points. They're under, they're under 0.2, 0.196, which we haven't seen in like a really, really long time. Oil up a dollar ninety four ninety eight sixty four. Brent up a dollar eighty five one oh seven. Get this, natural gas up ninety three cents to nine sixty six. It was just under six bucks like two weeks ago. Now this has to be like a new record high for God's sake. Our Bob up seven cents three forty five. Gold uh, down five seventy now seventeen thirteen. Silver unchanged eighteen thirty three. Copper up six cents three forty one. And we've got Bitcoin down 602 now, 21,124, trying to hang in there above 21,000. And we have the, the dollar versus euro. Dollar is actually, the euro's down, so the dollar is real strong this morning. Uh, euro's down to 1.013. It had been up over to one. It made it back to 1.03 at one point, but not anymore. And Annie, what do you got for us, traffic weather sports? 
Thanks so much, Chief. Good morning, everyone. Uh, currently 7.35 a.m. on July 26th. Lots to get through, so let's get started with sports. Cubs beat the Pirates last night 3-2 with a game this afternoon at 1.20. Diamondbacks beat the Giants last night 7-0. Huge win. Uh, they'll, they'll be playing against each other again tonight at 8.40. And the White Sox will be playing the Rockies tonight at 7.40, so look forward to those games. Looking at weather in Chicago this morning, we have a beautiful day ahead, partly, uh, partly cloudy. Uh, currently sitting at 67 with a high of 82, low of 66. Looking at weather in Phoenix, not too shabby as well. Uh, partly cloudy, 77. Uh, there is a flash flood warning, so I take that back, <laughs> uh, with a high of 98 and a low of 75. Uh, looking at traffic in Chicago this morning, we have lots. So we have traffic eastbound on 290 between Highway 45 to downtown, approaching the 290 I-94 construction intersect. We have traffic westbound on 290 between Holman and 17th. Traffic eastbound on I-90 between the 294 Tri-State Ramp and Lawrence and westbound between Lawrence and the 294 Tri-State Ramp. We have traffic eastbound on 94 between Tui and Canalport. Uh, there are some remaining road closures from the Wicker Park Fest this weekend that will be effective till tomorrow morning, July 27th. Uh, the closures are on Milwaukee from Paulina and West North Avenue. We have traffic westbound 94 between 59th and West Dempster. We have traffic northbound on 294 between Highway 34 and Waveland. Traffic northbound on 55 between Route 171 and South Damon. Uh, traffic northbound on Lakeshore between the I-55 ramp and East Grand. Traffic southbound on Lakeshore between Lower Randolph on East Balbo. And we have a heck of a lot of road closures this weekend due to Lollapalooza. Uh, Lollapalooza will begin July 28th and it will continue through August 1st. In preparation, Balbo is closed from Columbus to Lakeshore Drive and will, own, and will reopen on Thursday, August 4th. Jackson is also closed from Columbus to Lakeshore Drive and will reopen on Wednesday, August 3rd. Residents and pedestrians and motorists can expect additional closures next week, including the extension of Balbo closure to Michigan, leaving Balbo closed from Lakeshore Drive to Michigan Avenue. Balbo from Michigan to Columbus will reopen Monday, August 1st. And uh, Jackson from Michigan to Columbus will close July 26th, so today, and will remain closed until Monday, August 1st. On Tuesday, July 26th, Columbus is closed to traffic from Monroe to Roosevelt and will remain closed until Monday, August 1st. In addition, on Tuesday, Congress Parkway, including the Congress Circle, is closed from Michigan to Columbus and will reopen August 1st. Back to you, Chief. Sounds like a good couple of weeks to go to Michigan or someplace. I know, right? <laughs> anyway, uh, Hal, the, uh, evidently the news here we seem to have missed. Uh, natural gas, gas prime is going to cut supplies to the Nord Stream 1 pipeline to 20% of capacity. They've already cut them to 40%, so gas prices have soared 17% in Europe today, and they're up about that much here. So we got that going for us. All kinds of good news, huh, bud? Oh, yeah. Great. Scarcity. I mean, that's what government does, right? It creates scarcity. That's what Pharaoh did. Yeah. In, uh, right before uh, the, the Hebrews were enslaved, I mean, Pharaoh created scarcity with the help of Daniel, right? I think it was Daniel. No, Joseph. Joseph, yeah. right? Joseph was the biker uh, pharaoh, right? He's the guy that was able to implement all these policies that monopolized agriculture, which was 80% of the economy back then. And that's what they do. They they create scarcities and prices just go up. Well, there are no real new tricks, right? Yeah, they create, they create scarcities in products, but then they do the opposite with money, right? right. Well, if you can... If you can and then you have inflation. Well, but, but then again, if it... If you and I like ran the printing press and there was five trillion dollars out there, and we each ran ourselves off like ten Benjamins, that wouldn't be so bad. 
we wouldn't really affect much yeah, of anything. If we're, the only, if we're the only one getting it, it would be a great deal for us. Yeah. <laughs> say, here's your 10 Benjamins, and here's mine. And By the way, but, I'll but even buy the first we're gonna spend that. we're going to spend that money, right? And it eventually ends up in everybody's pocket. And uh, we've benefited because we were able to buy all these assets before the prices rose. Meanwhile, by the time the money gets down to everybody else, all the prices have risen. Yeah. And their wages haven't kept up, and you've destroyed the middle class. But if it's but if it's only just you and me, and it's only a couple hundred Benjamins, what's the difference? Just the, here's the problem, Tom. It's not going to be you and I. Why not? Yeah, it just <laughs> wouldn't be a no. Just for just once, I want to be a trickler, not a trickle e. <laughs> well, I'll, I'll settle for a tickler. Yeah, I mean, uh, really. I, I, here, we're going to bequeath you. Ninety bazillion dollars. By the way, go out and trickle away. I, I'd be happy to go down to. <laughs> I'd be happy down in Indiana and say bass boats around at the Bass Pro Shop. I mean, I'd be happy to do that. I'd, I'll go into the bar and say, you know, what did what did, what did Mike Royko wrote a column about? Uh, what, some guy who you know he's, he was tired of people saying they won the lottery and they interview the person and they go, well, you know, I'm going to pay off the you know the '56 Chevy and. You know, we're going to pay the mortgage off on my $5,000 house. And the guy, you know, won this $20 million. I'll, I'll take the wife to a you know, hotel in Stony Island for three days. If there's any left, you know, maybe I'll put it in the bank or something. <laughs> you know, Reiko goes, that's not anybody I know. He goes, take my buddy Phil T. Slob, <laughs> which is, is one of his uh, alter egos. He goes, he, he, he wins the million bucks. He goes into his local gin joint. He buys everybody around. He goes, that's the last time. I ever I ever have a drink in a, in a bleep hole like this. Goes home, tells the wife, pack pack the bags for around the world, and she's got the bags out. And he goes, "You're not going." <laughs> <laughs> anyway, a, di- a different way of uh, being a trickler, but 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 that's you know I think in a lot of ways, Hal, that there's always going to be. I mean, you and I might be perfectionists on this. Even you and I, if they put us in the Oval Office or someplace, there's going to be a level of corruption. That you are okay with. Remember, my uncle used to tell me that the, when Mayor Daly was the original Mayor Daly, he goes, he, he never would say that there's no corruption in Chicago. He goes, the corruption is at a level to where most people don't mind. It's a little more. It's for, manageable. Yeah, he says, you know, if, if all of a sudden it's stable, we need we need price stability and we need stability and corruption. Yeah, but he goes, if if you know if, if somebody's Uncle Joe. Needs a job, and you get him a job at Streets and Sand, helping out in a garbage truck. Who cares? The guy's going to show yeah. up. You know, nobody else wants the job anyway. Or if you're going to, if he's going to do driver's licenses at the at the Secretary of State's office, he's not hurting anybody. By the way, when when he gets his paycheck, he's going to come spend it in your bar. You know, there, there's there's somewhat of a level where you just do you really want to squeeze the last five percent out of the PT boat manufacturer in World War II, knowing he's going to spend it in a restaurant down the block? I mean, is it really worth it? Now, if it gets to be 50, 60, 80%, well, now maybe you got a problem. But now, that, that's yeah. what I, I think what's wrong with the people that are corrupt now. There doesn't seem to be any limit on how much they want to they steal. Instead of just well, going... Well, I, th- I, the pro- I think the reason why there's no uh, limit on what's going on is because Republicans go to their friendly media and Democrats go to their friendly media, and they just ignore what their unfriendly media says about them. Right, oh yeah. I mean, that's all they do, right? Well, I remember... And they get away with anything. Well, I, I get a... One of the listeners, when we first started the show, and I, of course I couldn't find... I can't find anymore, but it, there's all kinds of places if you Google uh, what states uh, benefit by federal largesse. You know, and there's, there's all kinds of lists and studies on it. 
that are that are sort of okay. But I one one guy sent me this one. I I cannot find it. Hell, but it it was it was detailed because it was three different areas. It had to do just not only with uh, uh, you know money coming back for projects. That was one of them. But it was how many people in the state are employed by the federal government. It was how many people in the state are re- retired there with a, with a federal government pension. And it's, and it's interesting, I and mean, this is not a bash at Republicans because I just soon bash the Democrats, virtually all these blue states, I mean red states, are in the top of this list. I mean, New, yeah. I mean, New Mexico is like number one. It's like 12% of the population works for the federal government. You know, they all well, kind of, you part, know, part of the reason for that probably is the fact that that government pension or that salary goes further in a place, in a real place like New Mexico, Idaho, Wyoming. But I mean, they right? just, that's where they have further. that's where they have Air Force bases and, and things like that. Yep. That's what I mean, I mean, California, was it 25 years ago, they closed, what, 20 bases or 15 bases in California? California used to be a massive uh, the Oakland Navy Yard, all, all that stuff, Anaheim, this, all that stuff got closed. I mean, a lot of it. They, yeah. still, have, they still have San Diego, obviously, and they, they got some stuff. Same thing in Illinois. They, they, we, we used to have Rantoul. We used to have Great Lakes. We have still Great Lakes. We used to have the, the air, airfield up there. Glencoe. All that stuff got closed. I mean, Illinois got... Well, the real estate's too valuable, right? So uh, I'm sure there was a skim-off uh, for the uh, real estate agent that sold those properties, right? I well, mean, you hear about that with the post office. I think it has to have to I mean, do with... the real estate's prime, sell it off, right? Well, when I when my uh, parents passed away, and I, I didn't really need one, but... And we were cleaning up the house and everything. So I've, I've bought this pickup truck down in Tucson. Plus, I wanted to drive back from there. I'd never taken Route 66. So I'm, I'm bumping along in northern New Mexico. And, you know, you could tell that it was an interstate highway, which has, you know, a concrete base. And you could tell the thing had been re-asphalted, you know, 100 times. Not 100 times, but a lot of times. So it was okay. But you could tell it really needed, like, to be new one of these days, right? And Because uh, well, the interstate system is what, 1950s? So uh, yeah. the, the minute I crossed the border into Texas, now Obama had just been elected, the minute I crossed the border into Texas, and Bush, too, obviously is from Texas, all of a sudden it's brand new concrete with the, the, little, slits <laughs> of, the little slits in there to get the water run off and everything. I'm thinking, man, oh, man, if this, if this is what it means to have the president coming from your state, maybe Illinois, I don't think Obama did squat for Illinois. I don't, I, don't yeah. see, I don't see anything like that here. But uh, I don't know if it was Bush or what it was, but I'll tell you what, the roads in Texas were spectacular compared to, to new. They could have been finished well, the week before. I mean, it was like they were all brand in, new. In 2013, when I was driving our van uh, from uh, through the south, because I had to get some stuff at our house in North Carolina, and I was driving the van from North Carolina to Utah where I got my new job teaching at Westminster, I was driving on interstate, I think it was, Ten or forty or something. Well, forty is one of and every forty is sixty six. Every yeah, it was going east and west. Yeah, and yeah. every five feet in Louisiana, there was like a three inch crack in the road. And I and I, my van was heavily loaded down, and I was bottoming out, and I was only doing fifty on the interstate because of this. Right, I get into Texas, and I'm doing eighty. Uh, but when I stayed in Texas, I ended up putting some air shocks on my van so I could uh, not have it sag so much because it was so heavily loaded. But yeah, air shocks. in Louisiana, holy moly, was the interstate in rough shape. Why did you put some anywhere near New Springs on the DM thing? Would you look like the Clampets? Well, over um, if you if you put the air spr- if you put the air uh, uh, shocks in there, you can pump them up when you have a heavy load. 
and then you can let the air out and it's actually the probably the cheapest way to do it if you uh if sometimes you have heavy loads in your minivan and sometimes you don't the best way to do it is with air shocks because then you, you can adjust the height accordingly and then you don't throw off your alignment too much i can i can hear my buddy at southwest spring shuddering right now he'd say the the, the shacks the shacks are not uh whatever the, the the shack shackles are not designed to hold that kind of weight. Well, the ones I bought from, uh, I, I bought them from uh, a little uh, CarQuest, and then I had uh, a Sears Automotive installing for me on my way out of town. Well, you didn't have any tools. You get my. And they, they were great. You see, you, know, you saw a lot of people doing that when people used to pull trailers with cars, the big old cars. Now you never see that. If you got a trailer, you got a yeah. truck. But uh, yeah. yeah, I mean, well, I think I think now they have these air bubbles, these air bubbles that go, uh, that kind of boost your springs, and you can inflate them. They're like these—that's what motorhomes have now too. They have these big old air baffles. Well, that's, that's like a semi does that. I mean, they're, they're called their air springs. You know I, what yeah. I know about semis is they have these big wide tires now. They don't have the dualies anymore. Well, they have you, these big wide tires. They're kind of both. Yeah, you know, either way. Yeah. yeah. So what? When, when, when hey, people- hey, uh, Tom, I got, a, I got a question for you. Remember that song, Things That Make You Go, Hmm, by yeah. CNC Music Factory? Yep. Remember? Here's something that'll make you go, hmm. Do you remember the Stock Act in 2013, how it was uh, a voice vote, bipartisan voice vote, that um, basically gutted the Stock Act that President Obama had put in place a year earlier? Yeah, they... Do you know when that voice vote happened? I do not. I know. I know. It happened on a... It happened on a Friday. A Friday before... Now, this is going to make you go, hmm. The Friday before the Boston Marathon bombing. The Boston Marathon bombing got that off the news pretty quickly. That, that'll make you go, hmm. Right? That Stock Act basically allows these people in Congress and their staffers to uh, do these kinds of things, right? To buy these uh, stocks on this insider information. So I just thought that was interesting. Well, there was a that was a second act. There was a, originally there was an ethics bill passed that that said they couldn't do it, and then it got yeah. reversed by the Stack Act by kind of yeah. sneakily. What you're right, it was never all that. Uh, uh, it was a voice of, vote, yeah. and I I remember it being about eighty percent support, but nobody's on a record voting to gut the Stock Act, like it was a voice vote, and it was bipartisan. Well, so. I, what I what I well, I guess I guess that's an awful thing, and I'm going to say that because nobody certainly spent their life like me trade once. Other people trade heady on insider information, but the 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 part that I really I really have an issue with, Hal, is if if that's where we're going to go. By the way, Milton Friedman was was all for not having any insider trading rules. Yeah, I agree. But, I mean, if, if the only people that can take advantage of are politicians, why have it, right? Well, but but the politicians. They, they want to take advantage of the gains, right? And they don't want anybody else to take advantage of the gains. Okay, well, but his, his thoughts on this, in my opinion, are the same thing that are wrong with the Constitution. You, you've got to set, set the terrain. In Milton Friedman's time, every trade was done in person. So if, if Eliani is a broker and she races into the crowd, the IBM crowd, Two minutes before the earnings come out, and she's right three months in a row, even though she's a lovely lady and attractive, one of these months she's going to walk out with a black eye. 
I mean, it's or, or, or people are going to stop trading with. They're going to say, "Hey, fool me once, you know, shame on uh, shame on you. Fool me twice. I'm not going to trade with you two seconds before the earnings because obviously you know them." But when it's, in this yeah. electronic in this electronic world, you can't ever catch these people unless you're the SEC and you want to, and they're very selective on who they want to. So I think if Milton yeah. Friedman saw the fabric of the Martin market today, he would feel totally differently. But in his day, when everything had to be done person to person. You you knew who you were trading with, and uh, and again it would be pretty hard to be, you know, to have this every every single time some earnings come out, somebody seems to have them a second before you do. Well, the fact is they probably do, so you don't want to trade with that guy or lady. So, so now you that that's not the case. But why you would ever why the SEC? If somebody asked me to go get somebody outside of Congress because they made a hundred thousand dollars on a trade like this guy in Indiana. I'd say you got to be out of your mind. How, how are we going to expend resources? How do I walk by the Capitol to get in my car and go prosecute this guy when I know all the all the damage is being done right there? I mean, I, I, the first thing you and I would do in the Oval Office is say, every insider trading case, stop it. Because if we can't, why why would we ever be that so let, let everybody do it? Why not? I mean, uh, well, I, 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 just, I just think, you know, if... Uh, I mean, there's a revolving door. I think there's a revolving door between the SEC and these investment banks. There's a revolving door with Congress and these lobbying firms. There's a lobbying door. There's an open revolving door for the Fed and the Treasury with investment banks. And you do your you do your uh, public service. I call it self service, but you do your public service at Treasury at the Fed, um, and then. You need to go make that money, right? Because you've been doing that public service for so long. Then you go make your money at Goldman or whatnot, and you know they scratch each other's back, right? Because they need to keep that revolving door open, and you know it's just the nature of things. And I, I think part of the nature of things is and think about this a lot because the Democrats will accuse Republicans of being fascists, and Republicans accuse Democrats of being fascists. I think both parties have fascist ideas, both are statists. Uh, and that's what uh, Italian fascism was. It was state state capital, uh, corporatism. And, I, you know, the, the problem with that is um, one of these groups, the Republicans or Democrats, they're going to succeed. They're going to be the last one standing when all the institutions that prevent this stuff from happening crumble away, and the last one standing is going to be the fascist, the state corporatist. Uh, standing, if, if you're in that party, you're fine. If you're not in that party, you're going to be persecuted and prosecuted. So I think that's the state, that's the natural state of government throughout the history of the world, is that you're okay with fascism as long as it's your kind of fascism. Well, sure. Right? Well, so that's, that's the natural state of things, and the only way to prevent that is to restore federalism. Well, That's the only way to prevent it, but I don't think we're going to prevent okay. I, I don't think we're going to restore federalism. I think it's just going to continue to erode away. Uh, there's a uh, the old saying: competition is the best thing in the world for every industry, but ours because in our industry, these guys yeah. it's cutthroat competition. Yeah. But but again, I yeah, business you know, people love competition in the things that they purchase, but they don't want competition in the things that they sell. But the the person just walk it down the line and is singing it because it's this is, it's close to home to me, being a floor trader for twenty years. All right, so the guy in Indiana, representative, former representative, uh, whoever the hell his name was, he. He buys this uh, Sprint stock because he knows there's a merger. He's on some committee that whatever, and uh, so he buys it and he allegedly makes a hundred thousand on it. All right, so 
Now, they're going to come after this guy. A lot of attorneys are going to get involved, and they're going to probably fine him or something. Well, who exactly gets the dough? The, the person who sold him the Sprint stock, he's not going to get it. And, and what if it was some, some firm that you know did it a tenth of a cent below the market, and those guys did it and immediately bought it back somewhere else? Okay, now, is, is the, who along the line here is the harm party? If we could cleanly take the hundred grand back from this guy and give it to somebody, who would we even give it to? But uh, I'm not saying that he, he should have made the hundred thousand, but it's it's very, very hard to find out who the victim is here, right? Yeah, the person that sold the stock thought it was a good deal, right? Well, uh, plus what if... The person that sold the stock at, that, at what that low price happened to be, right, at I'll, that time. I'll give you a... Sold the stock, so they, give, they agreed with that price, I'll right? I'll give you a 10% chance that that person is actually a person. It isn't some firm jumping ahead on a payment for order flow gig. Yeah. It's not like... I mean, but in the old days where uh, Professor Hal has whatever, how many shares of Sprint sitting in the book at... I think Sprint was always an over-counter stock. Let's make believe it was a, a New York Stock Exchange stock. It's not like you're sitting in the specialist book, say 10,000 shares, whatever the number was, and, and, and he went up and grabbed them from you and actually bought the book, and you were the person on the other side of that trade. You can't trace anything like that now. It's because I'm firm yeah. got 100. Well, it's like all the, the mortgages back in 2008-9. I mean, one of the reasons, with, one of the reasons uh, for the long delay in foreclosures it was these mortgages are bought, sold, bought, sold, bought, sold, and nobody had a clue who was currently owning the mortgage that you might have been late on, right? So you could stay in that house for a year because the trail was so hard to disentangle, right? It's the same kind of thing, probably. I got a couple of guys that I've been known to, to tip an adult beverage with, and they're in the mortgage service business. You know, and they, they tell some funny stories. Uh, one of the guys says he gets a call from some dude dude uh, and says well based on his latest COVID ruling do I get another six months but I don't have to pay my mortgage and the guy says to him what difference does that make to you you've been in the place three years you've never sent a check <laughs> what, what difference does another six months make to you you have no intention to pay it anyway <laughs> You know, it, it, it could be an odd, it could be an odd world. All right, so make a prediction. What's our what's the GDP going to be? I think it. I think the White House knows it's really bad, and I think it could be negative two. Honestly, it could be negative two point five. Do so you think it's worse than the, than the I Atlanta, think the White ha- Atlanta Fed's at minus well, one point six? Well, if you look if you look at the GDP now project projections for uh, quarter one, they were one, right, and it'd be a negative one point five. Right now, the GDP now projections are negative, like one point six, one point five. Yeah, one point six. And they look like they're heading, they look like they're heading down in a linear trajectory. So I think I think the White House knows they're going to be bad, which is why they're changing the definition on TV. If it were Republican, these same Democratic economic advisors who wouldn't be working for the White House would be saying, "Oh, it's a recession, right?" Oh no, without a doubt. Well, I mean, yeah. it, it, but I'm, I'm really I think, surprised. It's gonna be a bad, I think it's going to be a bad number. I think it's going to be a really bad number, given what you're saying. Well, we've only got, given the fact that there's money in the system and the deflator is, shall we say, a little light, what do you think the number really is? If, if, they, if we had a real inflation number, I think it might be like three. Oh, man, I just, looked at, I just looked at MT Velocity, and it is all-time lows. It's bottomed out. It's going sideways. 
it's not headed up at all. I think it, it, it might even be, in reality, it might even be like minus nine. I don't know. I mean, I, I, I think I think inflation is way understated, and I think that overstates economic growth. I mean, it, it could be really bad. I, I was going to say minus four and thought I was on the edge. Now you at minus nine. Now you got me thinking. Take care of well, yourself. You look, if you look at velocity, if you look at M2 velocity, man. We got we to talk about this next week. Uh, we got a dash, but SP futures down 15, 16. I mean, NASDAQ futures down 74. We got UPS now joining the downturn here, down six after the earnings. Uh, back tomorrow, Stocks and Jacks. Thank you. Stocks and Jocks is brought to you by PTI Securities and Futures. Go to PTISecurities.com. PTI Pro Direct. Trade for as low as a penny per share and a dollar per option contract. Learn more at PTIProDirect.com. Nadex. Offering an intuitive way to trade the financial markets. Visit Nadex.com. Home Source Realty. Call Audrey Johnson at 708-349-3456. Hamzi Analytics. Listen to Fari Hamzi every other Thursday and visit HamziAnalytics.com. Cairo Med. Back or neck pain? Schedule a complimentary consultation by calling 708-403-2727. DAX Research. Tune in for David Andelman's technical analysis on Mondays and Thursdays and call 1-800-821-4968. What do we learn, Palmer? I don't know, sir. I don't know either. I guess we learned not to do it again.